Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 14 of Revelation chapters 17, and we're going to be reading verses 16 through 18. And the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast, they shall hate the whore, and shall make her desolate and naked, and shall eat her flesh, and burn her with fire. For God has put in their hearts to fulfill his will, and to agree, and give their kingdom unto the beast, until the words of God shall be fulfilled. And the woman which thou sawest is that great city which reigneth over the kings of the earth. All right, so we have gone through uh, verse by verse through Revelation chapter 17, and we've seen how God has pictured Satan as the beast with ten horns, and he has used that image to describe Satan's rule all throughout history. And then uh, in these last several verses, especially the ten horns as they rule one hour with the beast to represent that final little season of the Great Tribulation. And we were discussing last time how the ten horns hate the whore or the harlot that is Babylon, that is the kingdom of Satan, that Satan hates those that he rules over, and he hates them primarily through his lying tongue, through the lies that he puts forth in the world and in the church, and these lies are very destructive. That's the nature of a lie. Right from the very beginning, what did believing the lie, as Satan was the father, the originator of the lie, what did believing the lie accomplish for Eve It brought death. And for Adam, it brought death to all mankind. There, There is no good thing that comes with a lie. And uh, and that's why uh, God's people are privileged and blessed to know the truth. And we only know the truth because it's God's will and it is according to the grace that he has given to us to give us an ear to hear and eyes to see and a mind, a new heart and spirit or a new mind to understand the truth of the word of God. And so the Lord's people have a special love for the truth. We see that stated in Second Thessalonians 2 in the context of the Lord sending strong delusion to the unsaved people, that they should believe a lie. It says in Second Thessalonians 2, in verse 10, And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie 
that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God has from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. So God gives the elect love of the truth and they believe the truth. That's all part of the gift of God. We hear the truth unlike others in the world and that's the voice of Christ. Remember, he is the way, the truth, and the life. We hear that when God says that there is not to be divorced for any reason. And we we nod our heads. Yes, that's true. We understand. We agree. And then God says a woman's not to teach nor usurp authority over the man. And we don't get involved in modern um, theatrics because a, a, a woman's role has expanded in society. And we don't dispute with God about it. We don't argue. We just agree. Okay, that's the way God wants it. We believe, we accept the truth. And on on point after point of doctrine, that's why God can be confident when he opened up the scriptures at the time of the end to reveal hard truths, difficult truths concerning the end of the church age. Very grievous teachings that came forth from the word of God after almost 2,000 years of using the churches and congregations, of having his people go to church, take their families to church, and to worship him in the churches of the world. Suddenly it seemed to the children of God that the information coming forth from the Bible was get out of the church. The church age is over and never go back. And what about family that didn't agree with it? What about friends? What This is all we knew. This was our social structure for many of us. This is where we we met other people and and we spent our Sundays in the church. And all of a sudden, all over with, Now get out and worship me alone if you have to through the word of God, the Bible. Well, some may have struggled and and it's very hard when your wife doesn't see it or your husband doesn't see it and, and they insist that we have to keep going to church and yet God's people have a love of the truth. They cannot deny the truth. They cannot continue on in a situation where they're only there to please another, to please a family member, to please the pastor or elder, and and they they feel uncomfortable and very troubled in mind because they might be pleasing other people, but they're not pleasing God. And and so eventually in time they had to depart out. They had to get out of the church and not look back and and leave the congregations because they had a love for the truth. And what does Christ tell us about love? If you love me, keep my commandments. And, and God's commandments are the truth. So 
a love for the truth is obedience to the commandments of God. It's a demonstration of love for Christ, for the truth. And those that do not love God, they are not troubled so much um, that there are so many churches that teach so many variables on the same doctrine concerning baptism or or concerning this teaching and that teaching. They're, they're not troubled that um, you could go to ten churches and hear ten different things taught, and it never occurs to them to seriously dig into the Bible to make sure that their particular church was teaching the truth because they don't have that intense desire to do the will of God. They don't have a love of the truth. Let me read this again in Second Thessalonians 2.10. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie. And and so it, it doesn't bother them that they hold on to a doctrine like the free will doctrine that says accept Christ and you can be saved. And it, it doesn't disturb them that the Bible says that's a work and no man can be justified by the works of the law. And the Bible says we're dead in sin And, of course, a spiritually dead corpse cannot rise up to grab a hold and accept Christ. You see, these are things that disturb and make uneasy the child of God. And and so the child of God cannot rest in, in doctrines like this. They see the disharmony. They... Um, they see the other scriptures that are unsolved and unanswered in the doctrines that the churches are putting forth. And this is why during the church age, the true believers would, would go to the pastor or during the time when the believers thought the church age was still active and they would go to the pastor and they would say, pastor, you taught this, but what about these other verses? It's not that the child of God was trying to be a thorn in the flesh or trying to um, proudly usurp the authority of the pastor. It's only out of a desire and love for the truth to harmonize these things. Well, maybe the pastor has an answer. Maybe he can answer these other verses. But the the way it would be perceived by the church authority was as though this this individual was rising up against the authority of the church and the authority of the pastor and elders and and he's causing trouble because he has these other questions that are making it appear that we're teaching falsely and they could never answer the questions and they don't too deeply attempt to do so Eventually, they just say, maybe you'll be happier in another church because they do not have a love of the truth. And it's the love of the truth that God has given his people that God knows full well will lead his people in the right path down 
that pathway, especially at the time of the end, when every brother will utterly supplant, when the whole church world goes apostate, when uh, uh, of the million gospels that are out there, uh, hundreds of thousands of them, 999,999 of them, are false and erroneous and lead astray. Yet God knows there's no difficulty, there's no deep concern for his people, because when he opens the scriptures to reveal the end of the church age, or that Christ died for sin from the foundation of the world, or that hell is not a place, but a condition, and God ultimately will destroy man with annihilation, or when God reveals the day of judgment, um, the appointed day of May 21, 2011, or when God reveals other truth from his word, then some of these things are are just tremendously different than previous understanding, than previous doctrines that were held by the people of God, and, and especially a doctrine like hell that we had held on to for so long and thought that was one of the pillars of faithfulness. You must believe in hell and teach hell and let people know that there will be a place called hell where man will suffer forevermore and and then God just pulls the rug out from under us and surprises us and yet he knows that not one of his people will will fall away because of this no he's in control he opens their ears through the harmonization of the scripture comparing scripture with scripture it's all laid out there it is oh and that's the reaction of someone who loves the truth oh i was wrong and and they don't maintain a wrong doctrine out of pride, out of um, a desire not to be embarrassed, or or uh, the child of God wants correction, receives correction, and then walks in the correction, walking in the truth of the word of God. We want that pathway. We want to go down that road always. That's the the one thing that we all want is the truth. And we don't want lip service to the truth. We don't want uh, people to present lies as truth. We want the real, total, complete truth of God's word. And that's what we search the Bible for. And when we find it, no matter what, no matter who disagrees with it, no matter who um, thinks we're crazy or, or that we are a heretic or that we are evil for it. And of course, this is the case when God opened up the information from his word concerning Judgment Day, uh, that it did actually occur on May 21, 2011. It was a spiritual judgment in which he shut the door of heaven and ended his salvation program and God's people shared that information and and there was a very strong negative reaction and response against it. Well, you're just 
hateful people. You're, you're, um, teaching the worst thing imaginable. You're teaching something that is injurious to others. You're going to harm them. And, and how can you teach this kind of thing? Uh, though the amount of rhetoric against it, the, the strong condemnations against teaching this were, were meant to frighten the people of God and to drive us back from that doctrine. And yet, all we could do is look to the Bible and we saw it fit uh, as God speaks of the light of the gospel going out and the door being shut and so forth and just all sorts of scriptures fit together and harmonize along with the biblical calendar of history and we had nowhere we can go. We cannot go back. We cannot again bow the knee to man and submit to the the uh, forcefulness of opposing viewpoints because they they uh, are reviling us or or speaking reproachfully against us and we don't like that we can only continue on in the truth and it's not because of us it's because of the spirit that God has put within us that has a love for the truth well um, here in Revelation 17, of course, Satan has no such love. The people within his kingdom lack love, that love of the truth. Therefore, when they are afflicted with the lying tongue, that is, um, uh, it is a, an act of hate on Satan's part, well, they they are not able to discern it. They're not able to see the difference they they uh, they can't uh, be too upset they um they're not troubled by the lie they embrace the lie that's what god said i'll send them strong delusion that they shall believe the lie they they love the lie and they hate the truth this is the nature of the unsaved people uh, even though it leads to their own destruction yet they love the lie. It's really incredible when we look at our world and we look at the things that people believe and the things they rather believe. Uh, for instance, we know with holidays that God's word speaks of a birth of a savior, the birth of Christ. And that was the glorious time when God entered into the human race and became man. What a cause for celebration if people want to observe that. It's a wonderful thing to observe. And yet the world takes that tremendous, um, incredible truth and turns it to Santa Claus, who has nothing to do with any of that. He, he's not even a, a real man. Well, they base it on somebody they say, but it's all full of lies that Santa will come and give you a little present under the tree as he he makes his way down a chimney what what a pathetic pitiful lie and and yet that is uplifted and that is put in the place of this tremendous glorious truth of almighty god entering into the human race and people prefer the lie or they take the resurrection of the lord jesus christ 
the day that is an observance of his rising from the dead in 33 AD, which was a demonstration of his rising from the dead at the foundation of the world. And and they take this uh, uh, most uh, wonderful of events, a true historical event that is worthy of the name great. It is a tremendously important thing for man because it showed forth the justification of God for those that Christ died for. Since he rose from the dead, we will rise from the dead. It's an indicator that sin was paid, that death could no longer hold him and therefore will not hold us. It's really a testimony that we will live forevermore. And is there anything more wonderful? Is there anything more beautiful, more glorious that that anybody could even imagine to think of? Well, what does the world put in place of that? An Easter bunny. An Easter bunny who does, he hides eggs. And, and they, they spend, um, the, the time talking about, uh, some rabbit and coloring eggs and, and uh, a day to dress up in your best suit. And why? Why do they make that kind of pathetic, pitiful substitution? And it can only be they have no love for the truth. They have no regard, no love for Christ, no love for the things of God, for the word of God, for the truth. They, they love the lie. And it, it could be the, the worst kind of lie, like a, a bunny rabbit or a Santa Claus. It, it could be lies that nobody believes, yet they put it forth and they tell their children as though it's true. And, and this is the world we live in, a world that lifts up fiction. Fiction is supreme. Fictional stories in books, fictional stories on TV, fictional movies, fictional, everything is fiction. Everything is a lie, practically. And it's, it's a saturation of lies in the world. And yet there is truth, and God has written that truth and recorded that truth in His Word, the Bible, and it's why the world hates the Bible. It's why they hate God because He is truth. And it's why they hate the people of God because the people of God have a love for the truth. They won't let it go. They keep bringing it up about sin and death and hell and salvation and all these things that the world wants to forget because the world doesn't want to be reminded of that which is true. They they prefer the lie. Well, uh, here in Revelation 17, in verse uh, 17, it says, For God has put in their hearts to fulfill his will and to agree and give their kingdom unto the beast until the words of God shall be fulfilled. And we know that that God is the one that loose Satan to accomplish his purposes. And in the book of Jeremiah, in chapter 25, verses 8 and 9, the Lord 
calls Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant, as he's a type of Satan, and God uses Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon to destroy Judah. And God also wanted Satan to have a greater expanded role in the world as the iniquity of mankind outside the churches would greatly increase over the course of that one hour, that little season of great tribulation. And this was all according to the will of God. This was done so that the ten horns who are Satan could fulfill God's will and agree they could be of one mind doing the will of God, even though they didn't realize it, and one mind to give their kingdom unto the beast until the words of God shall be fulfilled or finished. This is the same word. Uh, it's a Greek word, teleo, that's translated as finished in Revelation 11, when the testimony of the two witnesses was finished. It's the same word also that's translated as filled up in Revelation 15, where God speaks of filling up the wrath of God with the seven vials full of the seven last plagues that fill up his wrath. And, and here, it's pointing to God's will being completely fulfilled regarding the Great Tribulation, regarding Judgment Day. And then in verse 18, it says, And the woman which thou sawest is that great city which reigneth over the kings of the earth. And again, the woman is the harlot, and, and she is that great city, Babylon, And here it says in the King James, which reigneth over the kings of the earth. But the uh, Greek word translated as reigneth is not the typical word. Uh, Literally, this should read, um, this last part of the sentence, um, having a kingdom over the kings of the earth. The word reign isn't, isn't in the text. So here is that great city... We know who is that it's Babylon having uh, a kingdom over the kings of the earth. And, and again, that emphasizes Babylon is the kingdom over the kings of the earth, over the unsaved inhabitants of this world. Babylon is Satan's kingdom as he ruled over the world. And, and uh, God is now... Um, setting up the next chapter, as we're going to see, Lord willing, as we go into chapter 18, where God is going to spend the entire chapter describing the fall of Babylon, the fall of the kingdom that is over the kings of the earth, the fall of Satan's kingdom, the fall of this world in the day of judgment. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.